The following program contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. One two one two, the Get Off My Lawn podcast is back in full effect. This is Jay, aka JC, aka Jay Caesar, aka Law T, aka the Hip Hop Taliban. That's where you can reach me on Twitter at Hip Hop Taliban. And I'm here with my mellow, my man, East Coast Dre. What's up? Make my shit sound so clear, 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 clear. Uh, clear. Uh, uh. Uh. Yo. What's up? At Andre Cole everywhere. At Andre Cole. <laughs> Speaking of, well, we will, well, I'll just jump right into it because it's been been a little while, at least a month or so since we've dropped an episode and um, the last one we did was the Fifeography, which you came up yeah. with that, that title and that was, that was great and we got a lot of love from that. That's good. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. A lot of feedback, a lot of love. And as a matter of fact, um, if you were following either of us on Twitter, you will have seen after each episode, I try to put together some some artwork and, you know, tweet it out, get it out there, let people uh, know that a new episode is up and that they should check out the podcast. And for the Fifeography, I made some artwork that got uh, caught the attention of these people at turntabletroopers.com. Uh, they do hip hop related shirts, and oh, wow. they took the uh, Fife design that I made that had the red, black, and green zebra stripes through the the name Fife, and put it on uh, one of their first shirts. So if you go oh, wow. to 
turntabletroopers.com. Um, you can purchase the Fife shirt, and I think you can get the black one uh, or the gray one. Um, they sent me the gray one, and I like it, but I think I I think I'm gonna have to go back in and grab the black. So uh, that's turntabletroopers.com. So uh, the Fifeography that was the the last episode we did. So what's been up with you in the last month or so? That's wow. That's a lot has been up. You know, um, um, well, I mean, you know, we lost Prince since then, so that was I was a big Prince fan, especially, you know, and when I was a young, young kid, I was always Michael Jackson, big on Michael Jackson. Then you know, as I came of age, I became more of a you know more of a Prince fan. So losing Prince was kind of tough. Um, that that Fifeography episode, un- which was the the unveiling of my music video cameo. Yes, and so and so I ended up putting that on Instagram, and a bunch of people contacted me outside of Instagram. And on Instagram, people liked it, but they were like, "Wait, wait, you never mentioned this before." And that was a big <laughs> <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> of course, my wife was like, "Of course, you would be in a video looking at some girl's big butt." Of wow. Course. <laughs> but but the thing about it was that if you look at her butt now. Her butt looks like a regular butt. Like it's like, oh, like this was pre everybody getting butt shots and all that. So she looks like a regular like but she was like the thickest girl in the video. That was a nine that was a ninety-seven butt. That was a ninety-seven butt. The ninety seven model. In, in, in two thousand sixteen, you know, the, the, the butts are humongous. <laughs> um, so, she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have made your cut. You wouldn't have allowed her on the set. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. Are you kidding me? She would have been a thinner girl on the set. They're like, oh yeah, you can stand back here. Stand, stand behind the bar. Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> well, with the Prince thing, um, see, I was a fan of the old stuff as he got <clears throat> like in the last I'd say, I don't know, 15 years or so. Once he sort of got out of his Warner Brothers deal and he, you know, would sue people who put his music online. He was real right. um, tough about that, which is his right as an artist. But his music, to me, became less accessible unless you were a hardcore Prince fan. Like, you had to go to him. Yeah, and that's very true. So I never saw him perform in concert, which a lot of people said was incredible. Um, and a lot of his later music I only started to hear on like not really even the mainstream radio shows but some of the uh, either like the college stations or the uh, sort of publicly funded stations were playing a lot going like deep into his catalog and there was some stuff I was like wow that's Prince and so I feel like I definitely missed the boat on a lot of his material but uh Perhaps now the digital floodgates will open up. Yeah. So, but uh, in the last month, I know clearly you were um, doing something, which is taking promotional pictures or something. Because I, I clicked <laughs> oh on Twitter goodness. and it was like, <laughs> "This is my jet ebony vibe I'm giving you, and all its splendor." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." You got all uh, cleaned up, like look like the book jacket cover. You know what? Um, and the listeners should know that 
JT and uh, J- well, JC and uh, Law T, Hip Hop Taliban. We always have like a brief conversation before the before the um, the podcast starts. But there's often stuff that stuff we don't talk about on the podcast, <laughs> yeah. and then there's always these surprises. And so this is one of those surprises that I did not know that he was going to bring <laughs> up this picture. Um, yeah, no, that that was that ended up being I had to take these pictures. I started working for advertising. And so what these advertising agencies do is they like to, you know, they like to show off the people who join and join their agency. So, you know, I had to sit for these photos. Um, and I don't I'm not a photogenic person. So when the, when, the, when the photos came out or whatever, I was like, eh, let me throw a filter on them. OK, OK, cool. They put them on the website. And I was like, well, you know, I'm in I've been need, in need of a new, you know, avatar from my Twitter and from my Instagram. So I just took those and put those up. Oh, you but, got one? Yeah. yeah. For those for those who don't know, go to at Andre Cole. See my ebony my ebony showcase. <laughs> right. Picture. I'm giving you in all of I'm the splendor. Splendor in all of it. Check it. Wow. I was like because I was either I went to go send you a message or something, I don't know. And I'm like, wait, who's this on my phone? Wait. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, maybe he's got a Maybe he's got a new book coming out, and then maybe uh, that's the deal. Oh, uh, but you know, I gotta. That's actually something I got to start working on. I told, I got accosted by a couple of people over the like over actually over the last month. People asked me, they were like, I kept running to people who actually read my book and were like, "Yo, what's up?" Nice. Like, and was like, and was serious, and I was like, "Well, you know, I have these chapters written. I just stopped." And they were like, well, you know, I want you to know people are waiting. And then like three people all said that at the same time, like, you know, within like a week and a half of each other. I'm running these people. So I was like, all right, I'm not, the, I'm not, I'm no George R.R. R. Martin. You know, this isn't Game of Thrones, but, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see. So I must like finish it up and put it out. Hopefully I'm, gonna, I'm not going to jinx it, but soon. Yeah. For the, for the last book, do you think you can record an audio and put it up on audible or something like that because yeah there are still people people who would definitely listen to it yeah i think i think that's one of the things i want to do is that in preparation of writing this next one which is a follow-up for the first one i need to kind of push the first one again push it out i have a re-edit of the book so I want people to kind of read that book to kind of catch up and then do, you know, I, the plan was always do an audio book, man. I just found, I didn't realize that how hard and how long it takes. And I wrote a big book. And so, so yeah. when, you write a, when you write a big book, you're like, <laughs> wait, wait, how long is this going to take? So, so that's the idea, like do an audio book. Um, at one point I was going to have somebody read it for me, but maybe I'll do it. I don't know. We'll see. That's not a woman read it actually. So we'll see. Oh, check you out. Yeah. So. Yeah, I need to find a woman reader, preferably one with a British accent. I there's one here in my building, but she lives with her boyfriend, and I didn't know her well. And if I asked her to do this, it might come across as something it wasn't. Um, Creep life. Because there's there's a segment I want to include in the podcast, uh, but in order for it to, not to be taken so seriously, I wanted her to to read it she may be new from new zealand or australia or you know i i don't know but i'm sure you can get it you can get it, uh, you can get it. ask you know what ask him 
I don't know. Maybe that don't work. I don't know him, and he looks at uh, me like he knows. Like, don't look at her. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so he's one. He, he seems very insecure, but whatever. She got. That means she's fine. That's all. That means. Yeah. That means she's fine. I, I've yeah. been waiting for them to break up for a long time. <laughs> then I saw her in the store the other day, and she's pregnant. So I guess that won't be happening for a while. <laughs> Hip hop Taliban, the vulture. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just keeping my eye out. Keeping my eye out. But KRS One put out this book called The Gospel of Hip Hop First Instrument, presented by KRS One for the Temple of Hip Hop. This book is, you talk about long. This book is 830 pages. Wow. And it's basically him presenting his philosophy on hip-hop but the book is formatted like the bible where every paragraph has a number so you can go to like chapter eight verse three wow Uh, the attuned hip-hopper knows that god is the headliner in every arena of life and that it is God's performance that is sure to follow the hip-hopper's opening act of true love. Be the love to those that truly deserve it. See the holiness in those people who even when they cannot see it in themselves. Blah, 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 blah. So it's... That's, that's, that's like a real excerpt? Yeah, that was whatever I just wow. said. Chap- that, that's, that sounds... That's like a dense book, B. It's... It's... I mean, some of it is... I mean, you know Keras. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it's him spouting off, and but some of it is kind of deep. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to have a segment where each each episode she would read one of those <laughs> verses, like since. But uh, you know, I'll I'm still working on that. Still working on that. So <clears throat> in the meantime. While while you were taking book jacket uh, <laughs> photos, getting your um what, your Zoolander on, <laughs> I blue, blue ice or whatever you call it, <laughs> blue ice. I was this this is gonna be interesting because a few episodes ago we went in, well I went in on most deaf about his situation is he still there in south africa like is he the I new believe. nelson mandela he's still in prison yeah I th- well he's not in prison but i believe he is still in south africa i just might too i have to ask him how most was doing i need to call him actually and find out but i know he's um he was the last time i spoke to him which was actually not the last time but i remember he had spoken to me and we talked about most still being in africa but i think he may have left now by now damn <clears throat> well I thought of him because uh, <clears throat> I teach uh, do these multimedia how do, how do I put it I develop multimedia curriculum for LAUSD the Los Angeles School Districts um, one of their big after school programs and so after I come up with whatever the program is going to be then I go to a school and um, implement the program with the kids. And then 
kind of, and so I spend three weeks at the school and we do the projects and then depending on how it turns out, then I change or tweak things. Then we go to the next school and change or tweak things. And then once it's, um, once it's set, once it works, and once I have uh, all the instructions mapped out, then I can teach that to the other instructors. Then they go to different schools and they do it. So the, the school that I'm at this time, starting this, this past Monday, is a school in Watts. And I showed up on on Monday and there were like news cameras and news crews outside the school. Uh oh. And so I was like kinda asking the kids like what what's that about? And so they didn't know at the time. So then it turns out that uh there's been some problem with the water at four schools and in the Watts community in general. And mm. They basically told the kids, don't drink from the tap. Uh, don't drink out of the water fountain. So you're telling elementary school kids, don't drink out of the water fountain. Uh, mm-hmm. Because like brown water was coming out and there was some other problem. And there was no real sufficient explanation. And so rumors are spreading and running rampant because with Flint... Uh, yep. you know, nobody's really trustful of what the government says as it pertains to their water. So anyway, the, the course that I teach is, it's kind of like an introduction to journalism. So I told the kids, I said, this is your lucky day because <laughs> we're going to get to the bottom of this. And so nice. uh, we have interviews scheduled with the uh, some some representative from the water department. The kids are also they got got their questions together for the principal because they've been been getting conflicting messages about if the water's safe, if the water's not safe. They're going to be taking surveys because most of the kids in my class they will not drink from the uh, tap. At some That's point, good. the school brought in bottled water, so instead of drinking out of the fountains, the kids were given bottled water. But that means someone had to have made that decision. Right. And the so we have two more weeks. And so last week they were getting all their questions and everything prepped. And then this week they'll be doing the uh, interviews. But it reminded me of most deaf song, New World Water. And all the stuff we're hearing, like with Flint and other communities and all the problems with the old infrastructure and people having to bring in bottled water. Um. Most Def was really, really, really ahead of his time with that song. Yeah, way. And was that like ninety nine? Yeah. Crazy. And so for all the uh, all the shit I was giving him a while back, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've got to <laughs> come correct and and really give him, you know, his his props on that because. That song is particularly relevant in this day and age, sadly. And uh, uh, here we go. Just to have a refresher, I'm going to play this. And then we'll get into some other topics 
here we go. There's nothing more refreshing than having a clear, crisp, clean glass of water on a warm summer's day. That cool, refreshing drink. Try it with your friends. New world water makes the tide rise high. Come in, land, and make your house go by. Fools done upset the old man river. Made him carry slave ships and fed him dead niggas. Now his belly full and he about to flood something. So I'm throwing rope that ain't tied to nothing. Tell your crew, use the H2 and wise amounts. This the new world water and every drop counts. You can laugh and take it as a joke if you wanna. But it don't rain a full week some summers. And it's about to get real wild in the half. You be buying every yard just to take a fucking bath. Heads is acting wild, sipping. Pump and dank, competing with the next man for higher playing rank. So now I ain't got time to try to be big Hank. Fuck a bank, I need a 20 year water tank. Cause while these knuckleheads is out here sweating their guts, the sun is sitting in the treetops, burning the woods. And if the flame from the blaze get higher round higher, they say, Don't drink the water, we need it for the fire. New York is drinking it, no all that California is drinking it, no way up north and down south is drinking it, no used to have minerals and zinc in it, no now they say it got lead and stinking it, no Monoxide. Push the water table lopsided. Used to be free, now of course you will feed. Cause all tanks for they notice they roll across the sea. Man, you gotta cook with it, bait and clean with it. That's right. When it's hot summertime, you feed for that it. No. You gotta put it in the iron you steaming with. That's, right. That's what they dress wounds and treat diseases Shout with. The rich and poor, black and white got need for That's it. That's right. And everybody in the world can agree with Let this. Know. Consumption promotes health and easiness. That's Go right. too long without it on this earth and you leaving Shout it. it out. Americans wasting it on some leisure shit. Another nation be Desperately seeking that Bacteria washing up on they beaches Say Don't word. drink the water so they can't wash their feet with it Young babies in perpetual need these Epidemics hopping up of the petri dish Control centers try to play all secret To avoid public panic and freaking There are places where TB is common as TD Cause foreign based companies go and get greedy The type of cats who pollute the whole shoreline Have it purified and sell it for a dollar twenty-five Now the world is drinking that new Your mom's wife and baby girl is drinking that new off and down South is drinking it. You just have to go to your sink for it. The cash register is going to chink for it. Pearl carbon the monoxide. Got the fish looking cockeyed. Used to be free. Now, of course, you a feed. Cause it's all about getting that cash. Money. Said 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 it's all about getting your cash. Money. Said it's all about getting that cash. Money. Said it's all about getting that cash. Money. Said it's all about getting that Mighty most deaf. So the prophetic yes, yeah. Bay. <clears throat> I wish <clears throat> I mean more of that, please. <laughs> please, please, sir. <laughs> please, sir. I implore you. But I actually found let me play this little clip real quick to uh to kind of put this into some context assuming this works let's see worries about dirty drinking water has five la elementary schools on alert principals are telling students to drink only bottled water 
KCAL 9's Tom Wade is live at DWP headquarters in downtown LA. Tom. And Elsa, tonight the DWP is trying to calm parents' fears. They say they have tested this water and it is safe, but parents are telling us they just don't trust it right now. Fears of foul water at five LA schools triggered tests for contamination from the DWP. 96th Street Elementary in Watts was one of the schools where teachers and administrators handed out bottled water and told kids to stay away from the drinking fountains. They said that. The water been turning a little yellowish, so we couldn't drink the water. Madeline Reyes is a third grader here at the school. We had to bring our own water bottle, and it happened for like the three days. I'm concerned. I, I have packs of waters now at home. Principals or other officials made complaints about cloudy water at four other schools, including Flournoy Elementary, Compton Avenue Elementary, Florence Griffith Joyner Elementary, and Grape Street Elementary. The DWP says the water has been tested and it is safe. The changes in color, they say, were only because of sediment shifting in the pipes, which is normal. My son always brings water bottles since he's been in school. But these new complaints come as DWP is in the hot seat and the focus of a city council hearing today for not telling people who live in Watts about a chlorine pump malfunction that sent untreated water into their homes back in January. DWP did not tell people about it until months later. We should have had it reported up the next day and known right away. Marty Adams with the DWP says there was no danger of anyone getting sick from that water. Watts community advocate Timothy Watkins says these samples of water taken from Watts homes proves otherwise. People saying, you know, that it's coming out of their tap like this. It has to either be coming from the source, from the distributor, or from the infrastructure of the home. Watkins says those samples were not verified by any experts. Tonight, the DWP is saying they are going to retest all of the water at the schools in question just to be certain everyone is safe. Yeah, they're... It, it's while it's not as bad as Flint allegedly, they give those same kind of "Hey, the water tested, it's fine. Don't worry. Go ahead, drink up." Yeah. Well, they did an issue out here in Newark as well. In Newark, there was a bunch of Newark schools that had the same issue of like not drinking the water, um, you know, through the water fountains and that kind of stuff. I mean. And I've always told my kids never to drink the water in the water fountains in the schools anyway. Because really? I just remember the water I just remember the water fountains from when I was a kid. And outside of the kids' dirty mouths, I was like, I'm not too sure about the that water fountain. So I always if my daughter wants water, I always send them with water. Like I'm like, don't drink the water out of the water fountain. But um and I live in a you know, I pay a lot of taxes. <laughs> so so but yeah, Newark Newark waters, Newark has had an issue with their water lead lead in their water and then there are like eight counties in new jersey that have issues with kids with higher levels of lead in their system than in flint and it's because of the paint on the walls and the built in the buildings and it's not just and i'll say this it's not just black neighborhoods either wow yeah in the schools, it's mostly it's mostly it's in the schools and it's in some of like the, the apartment buildings oh, so okay. Yeah, so, but I mean, it's mostly black neighborhoods, but it's not all black neighborhoods, which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Damn. But this, this this lead water thing is crazy. And I think, I mean, unfortunately, Flint has to be the, you know, they, you know, they had it 
horrifically bad, but now it's bringing out this attention to the fact that we have to check, you know, our pipes and, you know, yeah, see what's going on. And that's the thing. You can't just tell kids, like, don't drink out of the water fountain. Yeah, it's hard. Like, with no explanation. And the thing is, the reason why I had to do this lesson with the kids is because I don't want them to think that this is normal or this is okay. And that yep. because they live in Watts, they should just expect, you know, oh, yeah, sometimes brown water comes out of the tap. Like, this is not okay, and it's not right. acceptable, and people, and you deserve answers. And, and uh, I, I love the ahead. fact that, you, yeah, that you're pushing them to investigate and not just take, you know, even the principal's word for, you know, you, you have to take you have to take their word. You just have to investigate everything and ask questions and ask those questions. That's important, man. That's very important, especially in our community. Yeah. So we went over the who, what, when, where, why, and how, and they they got their questions together in the principal. Usually the interviews the kids do with the principal is kind of, you know, now, hey, can we get a more a new tetherball court or can we get right. some, can we get a bike rack? <laughs> now it's going to be like, why did you mislead the, uh, the children into thinking that our drinking water was safe when clearly you knew it wasn't because you had ordered <laughs> additional bottled water to be dispersed to... So I, I didn't even wow. have to. The funny part is I didn't have to like put anything in their head. I just had to tell them to like think about the questions. What's the problem? And then they came up with it on their own. And so he better have some answers because. What's up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. I'm sure <laughs> there's probably a segment. Anybody who's listened to this knows that, you know, we're adults who have lives and responsibilities so there's always some real life uh, stuff that comes in but this is a hip-hop uh themed and related podcast so i think we'll jump let's just jump right into something we're gonna kind of skip around we've got a segment called you big dummy in which we look at someone or some aspect of hip-hop culture, which proved itself to be particularly ignorant and worthy of this uh, special designation. So, like a few other parts of our uh, podcast, the You Big Dummy has its own theme music. Uh So, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Every every segment, you get a theme. You get a theme. So we're going to check this out. Come back with the You Big Dummy segment. Here we go. Here's Dummy. You big dummy, you big dummy, you big cold-blooded dummy. You big dummy, see what you did? Oh no, you big dummy. I, oh no, you big dummy. You dummy. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. So, you big dummy. I came across this clip, uh... I don't know. This is from a few months back. And part of the thing about being 40 plus and 
being into hip hop, you're not burdened by having to be on the cutting edge. So, yeah, this happened a few months ago, but, you know, people who are 40 <laughs> don't have time to be keeping up on all the latest hip hop happenings. So you may or may not have heard about this, but this rapper who I really don't listen to, but I suppose he's okay. Is it B.O.B.? Is that how you say it? Yeah. B oh, no, you're not going to talk about this. B.O.B. Yeah, I'm going to talk about yeah. it. You, 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 go ahead, because I forgot. You're the one person who is always <laughs> who's over 40 and always on the cutting edge. And this was months ago, but go ahead and. I'm not always on it. Cutting edge, but are you going to talk about the fact that he was talking about the world is flat? Yes. Oh my goodness, this guy. He claims that the world is flat, which is it's beyond ignorant. Like what? What century are we in? But my thing with the whole Bob saying the world was flat is that he continued to say that the world was flat after Neil deGrasse Tyson, everybody knows a very well-renowned astrophysicist yeah. um, broke it down to him on why people might think the world is flat and the horizons and the angles and he broke it down for him and this big dummy had a Twitter argument with Neil deGrasse Tyson like literally somebody used like who that's his profession right and he argued with him that the world was flat. Yeah. Like, how, how stupid are you? Like, what century are you in? And I'm glad you brought that up because that is the clip that I have here. This is <clears throat> Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, response to rapper B.O.B.'s claim. Ignorant. Ignorant, foolish, ridiculous claim that the world is flat. But, you know, I'm sure that B.O.B. has legions of followers and kids that, you know, are probably going into school ignorantly repeating what he said. So this is, uh, I think this probably has a little bit of uh, the background of it. And then mm -hmm. Neil deGrasse Tyson's response. So here we go. B.O.B. blowing up Twitter with his theories on the actual shape of the earth. Rapper B.O.B., perhaps you know him for hits like Airplanes and Nothing on You. He firmly believes that the Earth is flat. He's on a Twitter mission to prove it, and he says he has photographic evidence and that we've been fooled all this time. You know, guys, first time I heard Nothing on You, I definitely thought this B.O.B. guy, he is the one to finally take down that asshole Aristotle. Take him down. Seriously, though, these tweets are amazing. The horizon is always eye level. Once you go flat, you never go back. Where is the curve? Um, B.O.B., if you're looking for the curve, you got to call Sir Mix-a-Lot. That is a man who did not deny science. He did not. Am I right? I'm not lying about that. Okay. Anyway. So this thing went viral, and even world-renowned super scientist and friend of the night, the show Neil deGrasse Tyson, got involved and refuted some of B.O.B.'s retrograde nonsense, which prompted B.O.B. to release a diss track called Flatline. Here's a taste. Neil Tyson need to loosen up his vest. They probably write their man one hell of a check. Flatline, flatline. You got me once, but that died. Hey. Just got real, y'all. 
I'm gonna tell you, looks like we've got ourselves a code red science emergency. So I'm gonna have to do something I rarely do. I gotta hit the science panic button. Science emergency defense program initiated. Science emergency defense program initiated. Oh my God. Science emergency defense program initiated. I'm trying to eat my dinner. I got your distress call. Is everything okay? No, Neil. Everything is not okay. This VOB BS about the earth being flat is getting out of control. Can you please help us? All right. Ho hold my sandwich. Oh, sure. Okay. okay. Good. Sorry. Here, you take that. Here. Here. You want to eat? Oh. Oh. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh. 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 All right. Listen, B.O.B., once and for all. The Earth looks flat because, one, you're not far enough away at your size. Two, your, your size isn't large enough relative to Earth to notice any curvature at all. It's a fundamental fact of calculus and non-Euclidean geometry. Small sections of large curved surfaces will always look flat to little creatures that crawl upon it. But this, but this whole thing, it's just a symptom of a larger problem. There's a growing anti-intellectual strain in this country. That many, that it may be the beginning of the end of our informed democracy. <laughs> of course, in a free society, you can and should think whatever you want. And if you want to think the world is flat, go right ahead. But if you think the world is flat and you have influence over others, as would successful rappers or even presidential candidates, then being wrong becomes being harmful to the health, the wealth, and the security of our citizenry. Discovery and exploration got us out of the caves, and each generation benefits from what previous generations have learned. Isaac Newton, my man, said, I have, if I have seen farther than others, it's by standing on the shoulders of giants. So that's right, B.O.B., when you stand on the shoulders of those who came before, you might just see far enough to realize the Earth isn't flat. And by the way, this is called gravity. Yeah. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson with the mic drop. <laughs> with the mic drop. Shout out to Bronx Science. That's actually wearing my Bronx Science teacher today. He was a Bronx Science saint like I did. Shout out to Bronx Science. Woo! <laughs> Bronx <laughs> Science in the house. <laughs> wasn't that where the uh, wasn't there a sitcom that Robin Givens was on? Wasn't that set in <laughs> at Bronx Science? No, they, it was head of the class, and they were they were another school and they used to always debate Bronx science like the the oh. thing was like could they beat Bronx science in debate in the beat team so we okay. had a like world renowned debate team so. <laughs> nice well my thing with that is not even so much the ignorance of what uh, BOB is saying it's that point that Neil deGrasse Tyson made that when you have ignorant opinions and influence, then you're harmful. Yeah. Yep. And I, agree. I see a lot of that in so much of the hip hop. 
because we debated this point a few episodes back about whether or not hip-hop still had the uh, capacity to influence uh, thought and shape consciousness. And I believe it does. Um, You know, I don't know if it's a measurable thing, anything you can quantify. But again, you just can't have people with influence putting out such such ignorant statements as the world is flat and that's probably I I don't want to say it's the least harmful it might be the most harmful because kids are probably going into school saying using these B.O.B. arguments and then the teacher has to waste time explaining to them something that is settled science and knowledge instead of getting into other lessons well B.O.B. said the horizon always looks flat (laughs) Like really? really? Yeah, it's it's funny you talk about this because just yesterday I had enough. I seen a bunch of nonsense tweeted and retweeted, and I just tweeted. I wrote, you know, stop retweeting dumb shit. Stop retweeting perceptions written as facts. The truth is out there. Like you, like people have a perception about something and consider it a fact, and they, and it will keep spreading. And this is what Bob does when you have influence, and all of a sudden people are just believing what they hear because they constantly hear it i mean i think this is why this dimwit asshole is going to be the republican nominee is because he just keeps repeating the same thing over and over again with no fact and it's like you have influence and you're influencing these people and the the republicans are partially are very much to blame because the last eight years they've been saying the same thing about president obama and oh the economy's horrible and he's the worst president ever for eight years saying this oh he's doing nothing so year after year after year they're saying this and it's not based in fact. Right. And and now so you can just keep saying in Fox News will brainwash their listeners and you live in an echo chamber. And, you know, once once people start getting into this echo chamber and they start repeating whatever they hear and without, you know, investigating it, like you have the kids in Watts investigating the water, investigating yeah. what happened. People aren't investigating. They're just saying whatever they constantly hear. And then all of a sudden, you know, it allows for a person like this dimwood asshole to become the Republican nominee because he just keeps repeating what people perceive to be as fact. And yeah. it's, 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 it's dangerous. Yeah. And I mean, even going back to the kids, we started off with rumors and facts. And so we made a list of the rumors and the facts. And once the, once the rumors get started, they are hard to squash. I even heard one of the kid's parents, this this woman, um, saying, no, I'm not going to let my son drink that poison water. Like, now it's like, <laughs> poison. that's the rumors, like, the water's been poisoned. And right. Like you said, once people start repeating this ignorance and it gets bumped around in yeah. the echo chamber and yeah. <laughs> run through the black rumor mill, you know, all bets are off. And uh, it's it, like the world is flat. Like that's the argument. And then, and then to not respect the opinion of someone who is, you know, a respected scholar. Um, right. Like across the board. Like this is the top person in this field. Like this is an expert. If anybody's going to be labeled an expert on something. 
I'll take Neil deGrasse Tyson as an expert on these scientific matters. Exactly. And like, you don't have sense enough to even recognize, you know, this isn't somebody's opinion. This is, <laughs> this is someone who's well-respected and world-renowned. Right. And you're going to debate him on something so ignorant. So I have no idea. I'd have to look up how many Twitter followers B.O.B. has, but... You know, I'm I'm gonna assume that that he has a large Twitter following, and most of those are probably kids and people who are inclined to take what he's saying with some some degree of uh, validity. Yeah. But he has two million three hundred seventeen thousand followers. What? Plus. Yeah, oh. so it's over. It's over two million. It's over two point three million. Wow, that's that's even more disheartening. Uh, I mean, because he's. I mean, to his credit, he doesn't make like you know horrible music. He's right. Supposed to, he's supposed to be one of the you know intelligent ones. Yeah. He's not making. He's not making ignorant songs. But when you come out as one of the people who's supposed to have some sense and you say something like this it's like wait a minute you're supposed to have sense and this is what you do yeah and that, see that's even worse because right if he's seen as one of the positive conscious rappers and then he says something like this yeah like he's a big um, dummy yeah yo, oh yeah yeah he's the biggest <laughs> of the big dummies so that's you know the you big dummy sadly B.O.B. He might have, because when we did this before, we've had, a, we've done it a few other times, and for the longest time, the the reigning champion was uh, O.T. Genesis, and that ignorant <laughs> song, I'm in love with the cocoa, about uh, rocking up cocaine. And I think that this may be worse, because this might be more ignorant and more harmful so what do you what do you think did has uh bob taken the title from ot genesis is it you big dominy yeah i think he's taking the title and i mean i think that the smart kids out there aren't taking bob seriously but um yeah i think i think i think he takes it i think he took the title from ot genesis i think so i think so yeah i think (laughs) bob The world is flat. The earth is flat. (laughs) The new You Big Dummy heavyweight champion of the world. So, there we go. OT Genesis, we got that. The You Big Dummy. Now, something else we uh, did in the past, but this segment doesn't really have a theme song. What we did, or do, is... Take whatever the number one rap song from the uh, Billboard charts is today and in this week and play that and then compare and contrast that against whatever the top song was back from the same week during any given year of the quote-unquote golden era of hip-hop. So... We 
are going to do that and the song the song that is currently number one right now and Dre you're gonna have to help me with this because I don't know if I don't know which is the rapper's name and which is the song title so okay so so what's the song what's what is it panda <laughs> by de- the designer. designer designer with two eyes yeah is designer. designer the rapper or designer the song designer is the, the rapper he's from oh. brooklyn uh okay good you can you can claim him <laughs> um <laughs> so this is the song that is the number one rap song and I had to kind of dig because now with Drake and so many of these rappers singing like the line between hip hop and R&B is all blurry according to Billboard it's not blurry for me you know I'm like Flavor Flav my vision ain't blurry baby (laughs) Um, so designer with two eyes uh, this song that I'm about to play Panda is the number one rap song uh, in the country right now. So let's check it out. Maybe it's not that bad. I've never heard it. This is going to be my first time hearing it. So oh, maybe it's not that bad. Is, okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll Here see. we go. Here we go. I got bitches pull up and they get it. I got niggas that's counting for digits. 
Say you make you a lot of the money. Most the killers pull up in the end of baby. CTDD pull up in the killer baby. Call a filler, fill up, gon' fill it baby. Niggas up in the baby, gon' drill it baby. Fuck, we gon' kill it baby. Get it. I got broad, I get it. I got cards, I shit it. This how I live. Did it all for a ticket. I flood the bonds when he spend it. The body gon' trend it. Chapter Dawn doing business in the baby. Fucking up shit that she doing the minute. I begin to the chicken, count to the chicken. And all of my niggas are split. I got broads in the line, just to lean in the family. Credit cards in the scammers, hitting the licks in the bundle. Legacies, found them. Wait and see, look like a panda. Going out like a Montana. Honey killers on the hammers. Legacies, found them. Wait and see, pack Packers won't, down it. Selling ball, candy. Man, I'm the macho like Randy. The chopper go out for Grammy. Big nigga, pull up your banner. Killers understand me. I got broads in the line. Twisted the lean in the family. Credit cards in the scammers. Hitting the licks in the bundle. Legacies, family. Why is he look like a panda? Going out like a Montana. Honey killers on the hammers. Legacies, family. Why is he panda? Packers for Danny. Selling ball, candy. May not the macho like Randy. The chopper go out for Grammy. Then nigga pull up your banner. Hope the killers understand me. Um. So that was the video version, right? The music video version. I guess so. Yeah, that was the music video version, I believe. You say that why? Because it didn't uh, have cursing, or maybe it did. No, it it did. <laughs> I don't know what he. I I don't know what he's saying. Not not really sound like my parents. Like what is he saying? You're not alone in that. <laughs> you're you're not alone in that. Well, I think a lot of people don't know what he's saying. Um, most people don't know what he's saying. I actually saw an interview with him where he um explained what the hook meant it is basically and most people don't know but pan what he said in the interview was that he's talked well the the hook is about um a certain car i forgot what car it was that it looks like a panda when it's a white car with the black interior so he says that <clears throat> in the hook. Something, something that looks like a panda. Da, 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 da. He goes on the black car, looks like a da 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 da. Da da da, da panda. Something out here. Yeah. We, I'm. Uh, God, so <laughs> ignorant. So ignorant. Is it, it, is it, it says, ignorant because you don't know what he's saying? Or is it ignorant because. It's ignorant because it's ignorant. <clears throat> um, <laughs> the, the, the fact that I don't know what he's saying. Now that I'm reading the lyrics, I'm glad I don't know what he's saying because he's oh. the lyrics are I got broads in Atlanta, I got broads yeah. in Atlanta, twisting dope, lean, and the Fanta. So <laughs> they're mixing in. I'm gonna presume they're codeine with uh, mm-hmm. Fanta soda. Credit credit cards and scammers yep. hitting off licks in the bando. I don't know what a bando is. Black X6 Phantom, white X6 looks like a panda, going out like I'm Montana, assuming Tony Montana from Scarface. 
100 killers, 100 hammers. So 100 killers with 100 guns. Black X6 Phantom, White X6 Panda, Pocket Swole, Danny, Selling Bar, Candy, Man, I'm the Macho, like Randy, The Chopper, Go Oscar for Grammy, Bitch Nigga, Pull Up Your Panty, Hope You Killers Understand Me. And that's, that's it. He repeats that panda 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 and then um oh my goodness I'm probably laughing too much uh this is laughable it's it's go ahead it's the it's the not only is the number one rap song I believe it's the number one song in the country and um he's come under fire because people say he sounds like the rapper Future. So he has a similar style, similar mumble style that Future's been doing. Uh-huh. The consistent, the consistent kind of um, mumbly hook. Yeah. Uh, similar sound um, in the music, and so people have been like, "Oh, it's a copy off of Future." But the difference, I think, the, one of the reasons why people like the song is because while Future is uh, a little mellower, a little deadpan, he sounds like he's under the influence when he's rhyming right this panda song is kind of a fast-paced version of a future song so people uh you know yeah you, you'll hear a lot of people say this song is trash but it's also the number one song in the country and people are you know interested because and i say people because it's you know i've seen you know i've seen people tweet about it and you know it, it really blew up slow it, it kind of blew it kind of slow bubble and then um Pusha T signed this kid to the good music label, which is Kanye's label. So Kanye has a cameo in the video and, you know, kind of gave it life. And I really didn't pay attention to the song until I heard Kanye's latest album. And there's a version of this song on Kanye's album. Huh. Which you sent me, but I still haven't uh, listened to. (laughs) I haven't listened to it. But this dude, like... To me, whether it's him or Future or Fetty Wap, it's all this mumble mouth bullshit. And there were a few episodes, several episodes ago in the podcast, we had a whole episode just playing this uh, gibberish rap where you can't understand what they're saying. And my response after we uh, played one of their songs was this. English, motherfucker, do you speak it? And I'm still asking the question. English, motherfucker, do you speak it? Because, to me, it's not clear that this is English. I don't know what it is. I don't know if this is... I don't know if there is a subculture of the hip-hop community or just young people in general that actually understand this or are they so equally ignorant that they don't care. They just want to, you know, they're so zooted out on cough syrup that... They could care less what's being said as long as they can bounce their head to it. Because it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you... You mean... Yeah, I mean, it's... it's I mean, it's it's the... You know, it's the, the, the times where people don't really care about the lyrics anymore. It's about the beat and it's about the hook. And that's what this is. This is a beat and this is a hook. And I'm actually... After, like, kind of looking into what... He, 
he's saying. Yeah. He actually says more. He tries to put his words together. To me, in this song, more than Future does in his music. Like he, in this song, he actually tries to rap. Like he tries to like put it together. And some of the you know more popular records that Future writes, Future is kind of like is kind of lazy with it. So I see that the kid is definitely influenced by Future. He's definitely. I'm going to say he's copying the future sound, but I see that he's trying to do something with it. He's trying to rap and I don't know what's going to come after this. Um, and I don't understand it. It's not, it's not it's my so mumbly. Yeah. It's very, I mean, it's, 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 it's laughably mumbly. Like it's like less laughable, but that's, that's how, I mean, to me, that's how a lot of these rappers sound. Young thug future, all these guys. Um, even, uh, what's the guy, the ooh, ooh, ooh guy, uh, Fetty what's his name? Not him, the other guy. See, that's another one though. Like it's a bunch of them, and this is the style of the day. This is the hip hop style of the day of this kind of like incoherent, you know, I'm under the drug influence, you know, mumbly rap style. This is what they do. So, do you think this is the the presentation of it? That style, if you were that mumbled style, is intended to mask the fact that there's no clever rhyming there's no real because if he just wrapped this straight out it would sound even more ridiculous than it does but then when you do it with this weird style then you may be able to trick people who don't know into thinking maybe he's saying something well i think it's just catchy so it's just, it's catchy and i think that yeah in 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 the case of some of the rappers yeah the the mumbly incoherent in, intelligible was it unintelligible yeah. rhyme is is part of them just not having any skill and not saying things. So they, they're just saying whatever they feel like saying it is, you know, you don't really understand what they're saying and it's a good beat and it's a, it has a hook. So people are people are going with it. Um that's that's just, that's just how it's, it is. I think it's I think it's part of it. And I think some of them, even when they actually have something to say. You don't understand it, so you can't even give him credit for trying to put a song together. Yeah, Be I gotta hear. I gotta hear another little snippet of this gibberish. You could honestly be saying anything there. Doing the podcast with like, oh, this is what passes for hip hop in 2016. This is totally unacceptable. You <laughs> <laughs> guess you want them off your lawn. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough that you're not saying anything when I break it down, but now you're not even presenting it in a way that is decipherable. It's ridiculous. I mean, maybe it's better. Maybe it's better that I can't understand it, so I can only be offended when I look into it and see that there's no substance there at all whatsoever. I mean, right. it's, it's substance. The substance is I've got 100 killers and 100 hammers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Niggas, pull up your penny. <laughs> right. Right. Ugh. Like, like I, I, would, I would love to hear this song broken down and 
in a different way. Like him actually just rapping the song and seeing like, you know, without without the slurs, without the mum- intentional mumbles of the copy in the future, Young Thug. And I would like to hear him rap the song to a different beat, maybe a remix and see what it sounds like. Maybe it'll sound like a gangster rap song from our day, you know, golden era, 90s. Maybe what? Just interested. Instead of all of this, like, I'm I'm going to, you know, hide under the, you know, the mumble. Um, see, I don't, I don't know, because I think that it would, the mumble is his style. Like, there's no, there's no... Well, that's not, not his style. It's the style there. he took. Well, it's the yeah. style he took. Okay, right. Well, that's yeah. The the style of the day, uh, as right. it were. And it's, I don't know. I I really don't. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But what I was doing it, along to your with your uh, point about breaking down just the lyrics is if anybody listened to the early podcast and we'll probably do it on this one um at the end of the podcast i would put in take the lyrics from whatever song and have the computer go back and just read the lyrics and they sounded crazy so for example let's see on I think episode two of the podcast. This is the computer reading. I don't fuck with you. I don't fuck with you. You little stupid ass bitch. I ain't fucking with you. You little dumb ass bitch. I ain't fucking with you. I got a million trillion things I'd rather fucking do. Than to be fucking with you. Little stupid ass. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Bitch, I don't give a fuck about you or anything that you do. Don't give a fuck about you or anything that you do. Yeah. And Ouch. So, <laughs> when you break this stuff down, it's just so, so, so ignorant. So ignorant. But, you know, it's... You know, that's what passes for hip hop these days. So that's num- that's number one now. What's number what was number one in ninety one? Number one from the week of May eighteenth, nineteen ninety one, for our <laughs> compare and contrast. This is uh something that all real hip hop heads know, so I'ma just let it play with no intro. Come on, man.
LL Cool J, Mama Said Knock You Out. Classic. It is, and here's the thing. Those weren't LL's greatest lyrics. Um, kind of like Shaft, so you can say I'm shafting. Um, but in contrast, like, he wanted to be sure you heard every single, there's no word in that song you can't make out. Like, it's almost like back then, what was the point of being a rapper if people can't hear what you're saying and can't understand what you're saying? Right. But I mean, I remember back in the days when, you know, my parents would say they didn't understand rap music or rap lyrics. So there was, you know, rappers that they didn't understand. So, I mean, I understand I understand people saying they don't understand it and what have you. I mean, not for LL, because yeah. LL was LL and LL, you know, was a lyricist. And, you know, like you said, that wasn't his best lyrical song but it was a great song yeah. um but yeah i mean i remember you know you know we, we are of that age where yeah. you know people used to say you know we don't understand what the hell they're saying but it's it's understood even of the millennial generation and younger that they like well, i don't know what he's saying it just you know like panda when it comes to panda yeah but the thing is like my parents would say I don't understand it. 
because, but they weren't interested in actually, they weren't going to look at the lyrics, uh, you know, on the inside of the cassette cover. Um, with Panda, I know, do I know what he's saying? In general, I know what he's saying. Twisting dope, lean and the Fanta. Like, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's just, you put a bunch of words together. It's like you put a bunch of words in a bag, shook it up and then poured them out on the table. And wherever they fell is however you decided to say them. Pocket swole, Danny. Assuming this lyrics, um, this lyric site is correct. Pocket swole, comma, Danny. Mm-hmm. Selling, uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what that reference is. Selling bar, comma, candy. I get that. Man, I'm the macho like Randy. Randy Macho Man Savage. You have to like that one. You have to like that lyric. Yeah. You're a wrestling fan. I mean, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean, shout out to him for, yeah, saying that. But, jeez. I mean, this is this is number one. This is number yeah, one. Number one. And it, number one in the country, I believe. Yeah. Like Billboard number one. Yeah, Hot 100. Which is, yeah. Because the other one... Drake is on there, but I can never tell whether he's singing or rapping or what he's doing. So that's that's a whole other other thing. But the other song because we had to choose because the Billboard chart from '91 had the weeks of May 11th and then May 18th. So we took May 18th, and it was LL for the 11th. It was. Uh, Ed O.G. and the Bulldogs, I Got to Have It. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is another song that there had to be, like, people wanted to demonstrate their their lyrical ability back then. Yeah. Uh, way back in my day, which it was. It's like 20-plus years ago. So, yeah, way back in my day. Um, so, I... I really don't know what's going on here, but there we go. The compare and contrast. For me, there's hands down, it is LL. I take LL all day. LL, LL all day. That's yeah, my vote. That's, easy. That's, that was an easy one. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, we say it as though one of these days we're going to play one of the new songs and it's going to be, you know, better than the Golden Era song. I don't anticipate I'm, I'm, that happening. I do. I, I anticipate that could one day happen. I'm thinking of a, I'm thinking of a couple of artists <laughs> that 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 in from the golden era that could slink into number one or had number one. And maybe with the right artist now, we might we might have a, a I like this song better than than the old song. I mean, it's possible because I don't know because let's say we do this for the rest of the year. Um, there's yeah. going to be a Hammer song in there. There's going to be an MC Hammer song in there. Probably. Probably. But, yeah, looking throughout the year, throughout the rest of this year, there's a couple. There's a couple oddballs in there. 
Yeah, like imagine you drop an oddball, you get an oddball week, and then you get like a good, a good uh, Kanye or Drake song week. Yeah, you know, it'll be easy. It'll be easy. It can happen. Yeah, it. Do <laughs> have to tell the golden era to get off You know what it sound like? <laughs> Remember uh, Fresh Prince? I think I can beat Mike Tyson. I could beat right. him. It could happen. Could, it could happen exactly. So, um. Let's see. Now, so we've gotten the You Big Dummy out of the way. We did some compare and contrast. Now it's story time. And the way I had to apologize to the Mighty Most Deaf is probably the way I'm going to have to apologize to De La Soul. Sort of. Because in the very first episode of this podcast... We talked about De La Soul and their whole Kickstarter campaign to try and uh, fund their new album. And they blew by whatever the uh, amount was that they were trying to raise. And so the album will come out. And people who pledged money will get different uh, various and assorted prizes and gifts. And I I believe that that was a hustle. And East Coast and West Coast Dre's uh, had differing opinions, and we kind of left it at that. I still believe it's a hustle, but fast forward, um, let me start by asking you this. Have you ever heard of a group called Eli and Grouch? No. Eli and the Grouch. Okay. I've never heard of it. Eli and the Grouch. Yeah. Are they, are they like Muppets or Puppets or something? No. <laughs> They are, it's an underground rap group who's been, they've been around L.A. for, for years now. Um, this is, I just grabbed one of their songs out of my, off my hard drive, and I'll just play a little snippet so you can get a sample for what their whole thing is about. Yeah. What's up, y'all? In life it is only natural for a man to seek the highest peak But be not discouraged if you're a mountainous hill For your lush valley may be I take my walks on the bright side of the street Lay my fertilizer with passion Cause this green serene scene follows me Wherever steps are made See it's plain and simple when it comes to keeping clean Without my aqueduct Lack the lesson is my friend My friends, my comfort zone, my pens, my buffalo Greener grass is all the grains on which I write From other earth to Mars and back Have a heart attack if you try to take my art and smash Leaving tracks on my green grass That turn brown in the summer. Never jealous of another fella's relish That should be my main embellishment To keep a fetish on my lettuce As a precedent for precepts On the residential blocks of all intelligence And we think we got a good right here we wanna keep it moving, but we got it good right here Till there's nothing left for proving except breaking on my feet As long as I got what I'm using, God will keep me in the clear As odd as it may seem, the greener grass is always near here No more greener grass, but what you got, all you lose what you have No more greener grass, just stay steady on your path hey. No more greener grass, but what you got, all you lose what you have 
Watching the jocks floss at the cool table They rockin' and they got signed to cool labels I'm jockin' and I got signed to a fool's fable That Pigeon John is the bomb Is that why I'm looking for part-time work with Joe with a jerk at Trader Joe's? Another brick in the wall, suppose that I chose a profession and the life on the road. Slanging like a traveling salesman, but instead of vacuums, I'm selling pack rooms and my CD. That's when I see these niggas blinging in 3D, making it quite hard not to envy. Every time I flip through Herb magazine, I see all my friends blowing up and turn green. They don't deserve it more than I do, and that's the kind of thinking that will begin to kill me. No more green and grass. Look what you got, all you lose what you have. No more green and grass. Just stay steady on your path. Hey, no more green and grass. Okay, so that was a sample of Eli and Grouch, more greener grass featuring Pigeon John. And just to double check. Dre, you've never heard of Eli and Grouch? Nope, never heard of them. That, okay. but that did sound like, like the hieroglyphics from like '93 or something, or or a combination of Dela and it sounded like a Dela hieroglyphics song from like '93. Yeah, 93. kind of Black Alicia-y. Yeah, yeah, it was like straight. It was straight from that era. Straight from that era. Yeah. So, Eli and Grouch are. Um, an underground LA group and I mean you if you're real real hard into the underground like you've probably heard of them so anyway somehow I got word that De La Soul was going to be in concert and I'm like always down for a De La Soul show Um, I might not be contributing to their Kickstarter campaigns but a De La Soul show I advise anyone to see them when they're in your town because you will get your money's worth so De La Soul was going to be performing downtown LA and at this event called Rhyme Fest and it was going to be De La Soul was clearly the headliners then the next group under them on the bill was Eli and Grouch and then under Eli and Grouch was just like an assortment of other artists so Tickets were 40 bucks. So when I went and checked, they had regular tickets like 40, 45 bucks. And then they had VIP meet and greet tickets for $108. Okay. So VIP meet and greet, meet the artist. So um, I said, yeah, I'll take that. Because for those who. Uh, don't know. Oh, here's my all my Apple devices going off when somebody's calling. Uh, shout out to Roshana. I'll catch you later, but I can't uh, talk to you now. I'm in the middle of a story. Roshana, did I know? Roshana? Yeah, yeah. Queens. Oh, tell us what's up. <laughs> Queens, you can tell her. She'll listen to this episode. Oh, okay. I haven't, I haven't uh, seen her. She's from Queens, too. I haven't Queen, seen her in a long Queens time. Queens represent. Queens represent. Laurel 10 is in the house. Can't forget Southside. Amen. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, I um, do do graphic arts and have a series of hip-hop related uh, prints that I've made. If you want to check them out, you can go to hiphopart.net. And I designed these 
um, print them on on canvas, and they're all hip hop themed, hip hop related, and most of them are either depictions or representations of uh, MCs and artists that that I like. And I started doing this in about 2002, 2003, and the goal was to see if I could get them signed by the artist. And over the years, through one means or another, I've gotten quite a few of them signed from uh, EPMD, KRS-One, Public Enemy, Chuck and Flav, uh, Dilated Peoples, Ghostface Killer, um, Big Daddy Kane, Fat Lip from the Far Side, etc., etc., etc. Well, I have a De La Soul print that I'd done, and there was one time about 13 years ago that I almost had an opportunity to get it signed, but uh, security chased me out of the area that I'd snuck into, so I couldn't get it get done. Get out of here, you kid. <laughs> right. So I figured, all right, there's a, the meet and greet with, with De La Soul, $108. I'll pay that, and it'll be worth it to get this print signed because how many opportunities am I going to have to uh, get it signed? So that's the ticket I bought, and I went to the show, and I go in and make sure that I'm like, hey, where is the uh, meet and greet? They gave me my little fake plastic VIP meet and greet laminate, and I say, hey, where is it? So they tell me, uh, go over there to the left. So I go to the left, talk to somebody there. Hey, is this where the meet and greet is? Um, go up there by the stairs. So I go over by the stairs. Is this where the meet and greet is? No, no, no. You have to go back out by the lobby, and then there's a sign that says media, and then you go down those stairs. So then I go back out to the lobby. There's a sign, media. I go downstairs. Go downstairs, and there's a little backdrop set up with some uh, some lights and cameras there. Somebody's doing clearly like some kind of web uh, online video something so anyway standing there waiting looking and then there's a security guard who's standing at the entrance to the the backstage area the green room and i'm standing there kind of looking around and then i hear somebody behind me ask the security guard oh where do we go for the meet and greet and the security guard says i don't know what you're talking about so then i overhear this guy and so i go and tell him i said yeah i'm down here waiting for the same thing so we're kind of standing there talking. Turns out he's uh, probably a little older than me. So I'd say he's mid-40s. Um, and he came, like I did, just for the meet and greet. Like, hey, De La Soul. Anyway, a, a girl who works with the uh, company promoting the event, she comes down into the room. And so we stop her and ask her, hey, um, where and when is the uh, meet and greet? with uh, De La Soul, and she proceeds to tell us, well, no, 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 the meet and greet is with Eli and Grouch, and we said, huh, like, what are you talking about, it's with Eli and Grouch, we're like, no, 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 nobody paid an extra 70 bucks on their ticket to do a meet and greet with these guys, and so by this time, Eli and Grouch have come out, and they're doing their little interview with the web video camera people and we're like no 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 
that's this is a meet and greet with De La Soul. We didn't we didn't pay to meet and greet these guys, and the other guy didn't even know who they were. And she's like, "Well, well, some people would consider them legendary." I was like, "Don't!" I was like, "Stop with the legendary." I was like, "There's only one legendary group on this bill," and but we won't even get into that. The fact of the matter is, when you said meet and greet, and we paid this extra money, we didn't pay for a meet and greet with Eli and Grouch. Okay, so how are you going to make this happen? So then she says, "Well." Um, it just said meet and greet with the artist. It didn't say which artist. Oh, so we're like, really? That's that's what you're going to try to do? Read the fine print. Yeah. So while she's saying that, now three other guys overhear this conversation and they come over. And again, more 40s, mid 40s. Like there's one, one dude who looks like he's straight out of a... One of those beat down scenes from a 1990s New York video. He's got on his fatigues. And uh, then there's another, a white guy. He looks like Bubba Sparks. And (laughs) then there's the third guy who's an older black guy. He looks like, you remember that TV show Amen? Yeah. He looks like the preacher from Amen. Like Sherman Hemsley? No, no, oh, no. He one. was the deacon. Oh, oh, the, oh, the preacher. Other, like, the other one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. That guy. So this guy, he's at the show. He's got on like a blazer and and slacks. Like nobody's here to see Eli and Grouch. So we tell the woman this. So then she says, well, really, you guys aren't even supposed to be down here. What? And we told her, well, listen, we're down here now. So she goes away. She gets security and she comes back with security. So then security tries to say um can i ask you to leave this area and go back upstairs and now we're five deep the old man posse and we're like no we're like you can ask us but we're not going anywhere because we paid for something and we're not leaving until we get it the old ass hip-hop avengers (laughs) right (laughs) they're lucky we didn't turn into voltron and form an old ass break dancer oldtron So, so security at this point is realizing they are like just two guys and they're not going to be able to do anything because Bubba Sparks is pretty big. Uh, We've got the preacher from Amen who, you know, I think he was, he might be an attorney or something. Then the other guy that I ran into, he's military and then... I'm standing there like 6'4", 230, and so security really wasn't going to remove us. Wait, 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 wait. Well, who are you, though? Let's say it's 6'4", 230, long locks. You're like Bishop from X-Men? <laughs> I, I guess. Um, I'm just standing there like, like I didn't. this isn't going to, I'm not moving and something's going to happen. So basically security was told the girl, like basically, Hey, you know, we're, we're out of this. They're not causing a disturbance. So we're done. So security went, went away. So then the girl went and we told her to get somebody who could rectify this. So eventually she went and got the promoter. So the promoter comes down. His name is Scooby. Shout out to Scooby. Um, so he comes down and he says, well, um, 
yeah, uh, the meet and greet is with, with Eli and Grouch. And we're like, you know for a fact that no one paid an extra $70 on their ticket to meet them. You know what you implied in that meet and greet. And so then the preacher from Amen, he went into some business thing about, you know, about representation and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, Scooby's stuttering and stammering. And he says, okay, okay, here's what I can do. A, uh, I can... I, when they get here, I can try and try and make that happen because you guys are together, right? And at this point, we're like, yeah, we're together. We're old ass Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> old Avengers, old Tron. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, we're together. We're we're all together, and this needs to happen. So he's like, okay, when they get here, I can uh, try and make that happen, or B, I can uh, you know see about getting you your money back. So the military guy was like, yeah, start with A. And we're going to keep B on the table. And then the uh, preacher from Amen, he was like, hey, and we need your phone number in case in case you disappear and things don't go the way they're supposed to go. So he then, was a lawyer. Yeah. So then the guy, so Scooby, the promoter, had to give us his phone number. Well, then Bubba Sparks had the insight to say, wait a minute, let me check it to make sure it was a real number. Let me call it right where you sitting here. So by this time, Scooby's starting to realize he's not going to be able to worm his way out. So then he gets on his little headphone and he calls down an assistant and the assistant comes down and brings five artist passes. So Scooby hands out these artist wristbands to us and then that gives us access to the green room area. And basically he says like, well, here you can take these, you can go back in the green room and then... Uh, hopefully make it happen. So now he's putting it back on us to make it happen. So we're like, whatever. You guys make it happen. (laughs) So we get the passes. We go back to the green room and we're just chilling. Bubba Sparks and the dude uh, from the 90s video with the fatigues, they're living it up. They're (laughs) drinking the liquor and, you know, chilling. Um, Me, the lawyer, and the military guy are all focused. So we're sitting back there. Then there's a woman who military guy starts talking to. And it turns out she's De La Soul's manager. So he's talking to her. And then he kind of explains the situation, thinking if he explains it to her, she can, you know, make it happen. And she basically says, well, they're probably going to show up just before they go on stage. So I don't know how you guys are going to make that happen. So I had to jump in and I told her, I said, listen, you know what? You don't worry about how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Oh, threat. Yeah, take, take it as a threat. So we're sitting there. So about, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes later, there's a big commotion by the door. So De La Soul is in the building. So they come in, and then they go into this little uh, dressing room, green. If we're in the green room, they're in the green, green room, the extra green right. room. So they go in there, and the worst part about this is, I'm not trying to be like some kind of like groupie, like, eh, but at the same time, I want to get my print signed, period. Just like, hey, what's up? Can you sign this? Thank you. And I'm out. And uh, so they're in their little green room and I'm standing. I'm not trying to like barge in or be crazy. And then uh, Jabari Parker from the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, he's there and with some, some industry dude and they go up into the green green room to talk to De La Soul. 
And so I've been sitting there and I'm like, you know what? Fuck Jabari Parker. I'm going. <laughs> so I get up. I'm like, you guys, go, I'm going. So I get up and go and push past uh, Jabari Parker's music industry insider manager. And uh, as Dave, he's just standing there. Um, you know, I asked him if he could, uh, would mind signing the print. And he was real cool about it. Um, he did it. And then I was like, well, Poss, what's up? You know, hey, would you sign this? He signed it. And uh, Maceo, it was all good. So they all signed it. And then once people saw that I got mine signed, people oh. were coming in with like De La Soul sneakers and like taking pictures and all kinds of other stuff. But I was like, hey, <laughs> whatever. So I left, and uh, then we had, you know how when you go to rap shows, there's always like 500 guys up on the stage? Yeah. Yeah, I was one of those guys, because the artist oh. passes, <laughs> when you went up the, the side artist interest, that's where you ended up. So if you oh. see any uh, video footage with a whole bunch of people on the stage, then uh, yeah, I'm... It was, been, the, it was the old ass hip hop Avengers. <laughs> old Tron is on the side of the old, stage. Old Tron is on the side of the stage. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So De La Soul was cool. Um, I felt momentarily bad about all the things I said about their hustle, but now that uh, a little time has passed, that's still a hustle. But that doesn't detract from the fact that uh, De La Soul is one of the last of the great hip hop groups that we have left. So if you get a chance to see them, their show is fantastic, by the way. Um, if you get a chance to see them, go and see them, but read the fine print on your meet and greet. And <laughs> that's funny. Ultron, Ultron might be reforming again because Pete Rock and CL smooth are going to be out here for two shows in June. And, uh, this Sunday, me and West Coast Dre are going to see Jizza. He's going to perform Liquid Swords for $5. What? I don't know. That's a new trend out here. These They get these old hip-hop groups, and the tickets are $5. What's, what's the venue? Uh, It's this Microsoft Theater. Um, oh, okay. I'm just wondering how much how many people have to fill in that theater for them to make their money. Yeah. So it must be a pretty big theater. When I went to go see Slick Rick, um, quite some like months and months ago, maybe almost a year ago, uh, it was five bucks, and there were yeah, there were a lot of people in there. I read an article, and basically that's how they did, like volume, right? And so, but five dollars, go see the Jizza. I mean, even if the show's not good, I only spent you five only bucks. Five? Exactly. Well, fourteen that's with cool. the surcharges, but yeah, so. So it's all good. So, yeah, the old ass hip hop Avengers. We we might be reforming. I'm gonna try to get my Pete Rock and Seal smooth print signed, but uh, that promoter's not promising any kind of meet and greets that they can't deliver on. So, we'll we'll see how that goes. But shout out to Daylight because they just passed the 25 years since Daylight Soul was Dead came out. Oh, that's um, right. And they and they just announced that that swindle that you call the Kickstarter album, it's supposed to come out in August, and they dropped like an EP or something, like a secret EP, uh -huh. that they they sent to the people who 
um, who supported the Kickstarter and told them not to give it out to people. Oh. So, but people have been doing it apparently, um, <laughs> yeah. sending it because you know what I mean. Come on, this is 2016. Yeah. But yeah, apparently people have been doing it. But they apparently they made like they released um, one was like some outro track or some other you know deleted track from the De La Soul's Dead album for the 25th anniversary, and then they put out this EP, and then they announced that the album. Kickstarter albums, I think, coming out in August sometime, like second, second or third week in August. So, damn! Shout out to them! Shout out to them! Yeah, and when we uh, end this, I'll play that that track that Nuff said that they was one of the unreleased tracks from De La Soul was dead. Wow, that was twenty five years ago. Damn, man. Jeez. Well, this uh, it's funny. This episode kind of reminds me of. Like when you when you fix that plate the day after Thanksgiving, and you just mm. <laughs> grab a little bit of this and a, a little bit of that and some of this and some of that, put it all in one plate. Yeah. Because initially we were going to be talking about, which is why I was playing the the roots uh, never do what they do at the beginning. Uh, we were going to talk about this this whole thing about I saw the article that. 50 Cent was in bankruptcy court and then got called back in because despite filing bankruptcy, he's he's out there flossing with taking Instagram pictures with stacks of money and um, he's too short. Has filed bank for bankruptcy multiple times. Jermaine Dupree, another guy who had, I don't know if he filed for bankruptcy or the IRS came after him or something happened, but was just curious about this phenomenon. Like, why is it with rap music? Why are people? Why do people feel the need to front so hard and then go broke? And and I let me take that. Not go broke. Bankruptcy is you know they're just trying to protect whatever assets they have left in most cases. But but still, like your whole your whole identity is built on this. Uh, conspicuous consumption and you're trying to live that out yeah in bankruptcy court yeah that's i mean that's just i mean it's kind of like hip-hop like it's and you know hip-hop is so masculine and built on this macho ego macho energy that people nobody ever wants to be weak and so this is how it is like nobody wants to be weak and nobody as a rapper wants to be poor anymore they don't tell the stories of me being down and out it's like you know i have all the money in the world and then you until you don't until a tax man comes. Remember, right. Fat Joe went to jail for tax evasion. Really? Same thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> Fat Joe was in jail for tax like almost like, eight months. I think he was in jail for tax evasion. Well, you know, they call it evasion, which you know, yeah. you don't pay all, all the money that they want you to pay. So they call it evasion. But yeah, yeah. so that's that's how it is. I mean, and I because I it struck me because too short. He's another one who's filed for bankruptcy multiple times. And the whole the whole idea that you've built this persona on, I've got a lot of money, things are important, uh, 50 cent window shopper, uh, the whole deal. And then you're bankrupt. Like, I don't get it. And so I looked up, I was trying to get some notes together on the topic and looked up rappers who, who went broke and there are so many that there are sites that just have lists of 
all the broke rappers. So apparently, Little Kim, I don't I don't know what her story was, but she was another one. Went broke. Fat Joe, yep, he's he's on the list. Joe was locked up for failure to pay taxes in 2007. Sources say he's still in massive debt due to poor management by his financial team. Damn. Uh, Tyga owes over $100,000 in back taxes. Damn. Lil Flip uh, had a string of hits in the early 2000s, but things went downhill quickly. In 2007, he was arrested for credit card fraud. Two years later, his baby mama revealed that he was paying less than $500 a month in child support. Uh, Damn. Scott Storch. <laughs> oh, he was a classic. Damn. Damn. <laughs> it says, okay, so he's not a rapper, but in the early 2000s, Storch was one of the most in-demand producers in hip-hop with an estimated worth of over $70 million. Thanks to his addictions to both cocaine and status symbol items like yachts, Storch is now rumored to be flat broke. Yeah. Um, let's see. Lil Bow Wow. No longer little, Bow Wow is big time broke. In 2012, he told a judge that he had just $1,500 in the bank. These days, he's landed a gig hosting BT's 106th and Park, but he's still far from, far from balling the way he did in his younger years. He was getting a lot of money for 106th and Park. I'll say that as an insider, he was getting a lot of money for 106th and Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now so or hopefully, then? then? I mean, then I mean, Washington Park doesn't exist anymore. But you know, oh, it doesn't. <laughs> Shows nah. what I know. <laughs> yeah, that that show went off like a year and a half ago. Wow. Nas. <laughs> when Nas divorced, <laughs> I, I even forgot her name. Kalise. 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 When Nas divorced Kalise in 2009, he was initially ordered to pay. 300000 in child support. The rapper successfully convinced the judge that he didn't have the cash for even one payment at the time. Nas reportedly owed the government over $6 million in back taxes. And all of this is on the internet, so this may or may not be true, but the point of it is that people aren't really balling like they claim to be. So if there's any little kids who are listening, which there probably aren't, don't believe what you see. Lauren Hill. Oh, man, come on. The once hugely popular Fuji singer and solo artist, all artists, nearly went to prison in 2012 after accumulating nearly $2 million in back tax debt. No, she went to jail. Oh, did she? She went to jail. Damn. She went to jail. <laughs> that article must be a little... That article must have came, come out right before she got locked. Yeah, because she went to jail for some months. She was in jail for some months. And matter of fact, while she, and to bring it all back around, while she was in jail, it came out recently that Prince took care of her family monetarily while she was in jail. Really? Yeah. Prince, like, and it, it came out, of course, after Prince died. Like, he was giving money to all kinds of, like, causes and helping people out and, you know, musicians, old school musicians, you know, music, music artists who were, you know, not in a great way. He was paying, you know, paying their buying their houses for them and all kinds of stuff that's dope yeah it's dope shout out to Prince Mace Mace took oh, a man. several year sabbatical from hip hop and it looks as though those years away from the industry have caught up with him TMZ recently reported that Mace is more than $100,000 in debt 
Hmm. So one of those shiny suits. <laughs> Exhibit. X to the Z isn't driving any pimped out rides these days. He nearly went to prison in 2011 thanks to a more than $1 million tax debt. $1 million tax debt. These days, he still owes the government over $100,000. Why don't they pay their taxes? <laughs> like, come on. Ja I always Rule. wonder when I always wonder when I hear those stories. Sorry to cut you off. What, no, no, no. what like what what the what the circumstances are of the tax bills? Like what where the hole come in? Like are these show is this show money? Like how does it, how do they because it's always rappers? Like well I should say it's always musicians because I've heard rock groups go on the same issue. But I always wonder like what, where the where is the money? Why did that accounting issue happen? Yeah, I I have no idea how it happens. I don't I don't know. They need just buy TurboTax, the hip hop edition. <laughs> ja Rule was locked up for tax evasion in 2011. He reportedly yeah. still owes the government over $1 million. Buster Rhymes. Rhymes is past broke. He's flat busted. The iconic Damn. MC reportedly, reportedly owes over $800,000 in back taxes. Wow. This is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, just pay your taxes. MC Hammer. One of rap's oh. best known cautionary tales. Hammer was the biggest thing in rap in the early 90s. These days, he owes over $700,000 in back taxes. So, I don't know why... It's curious that they don't, that they're all caught up in the same sort of uh, tax-related problem, but, you know, don't they have accountants? You you are industry-adjacent. Don't they have accountants? And they, they do. Some of them do. And I know I met um, Burt Padell, who is one of the classic, well-known business, business managers of of musicians like you know he was madonna you know prince at one point mike tyson a bunch of people and one of the things that he said and i, I met him i you know we were talking about some stuff and he talked about some of the cases and one of the things that he always like they have to relinquish the signing of checks totally to him, otherwise he won't take you on. And one of the reasons why is because he said he found that pe what people will do is they will go behind his back and start buying these extravagant things. And so he always, so he's the one that got to Mike Tyson out of his initial, his first bankruptcy, that Don King bankruptcy. Uh -huh. He got him, he's the one that got him out of that. And so he wrote a book, um, Brett Padel wrote a book about, you know, like inspiration and motivational things. And, you know, and all these people have like, you know, signatures in it. But he got um, Mike Tyson out of a bankruptcy. He got Madonna out of a bankruptcy, and it's because what they do is they don't give the they don't give the business manager the control over paying all of the bills. They try to keep telling themselves like, "No, I'm not going to trust you that much." And what happens is they end up going into a hole because they're not giving the person and paying. So you want to pay somebody? I'm going to pay you two percent of whatever this fee is. So you can control, so you can pay my taxes, my bills, like literally all of my bills. Like, you know, phone bill, 2G's flat, no need to worry. Not <laughs> I can't handle that. 
Exactly. So they wouldn't they wouldn't do it. He just I asked him one of his questions one time. I was like, you know, how do people how does this happen? And he said, that's how. It's because they'll be like, he while I was there, some rapper called and he was cursing the guy out. Whoever the rapper was, he wouldn't tell me who it was. He was cursing him out because like, I want to buy some car. And he, I remember the words that he said was, you already have five effing cars. Don't call me back again. And closed, and hung the phone up on him. So it's, it's this <laughs> kind of stuff. But it's this kind of And you need a tough person. And I don't think they, you know, that I think this is how it happens. With the rapper, they just want to spend the money. Everybody wants to, you know, they get it and you want to spend it. And you need somebody who's going to, like, really take care of you. Like, no, you can't do that. Don't do that. Pay your ta- Pay your damn taxes. Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. I mean, yeah, it's it's just the whole idea that they are. I mean, and I guess you hear this with NFL players, and you get that yeah. whole stereotypical story of they came from the ghetto and they never had anything, and now they've got something, yeah. and they just don't know how to, uh, you know, how to deal with it. Which, I mean, there may there's probably truth to that there's a lot of truth to that yeah yeah there's truth to it but at the same time like how many cautionary tales do you have to see right exactly it's Uh, tough man here's here's another one beanie siegel Uh since the demise of rockefeller records beanie was found guilty of tax evasion and is currently spending his days in prison well you know dane dash owed him like 11 million dollars but we're not going to talk about that I mean, does he? He did. he did. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I don't think being. I mean, there, there was a story about you know um, him owing Beans this money, and he never gave it to him, and it became this whole big thing. And everybody, when Beans and Jay Z weren't talking, um, people said, "Well, why didn't he ever? Why didn't why didn't Beans beef with Dame as much as he beef with Jay?" Yeah. When Jay was trying to make money and, and Dame just like it was like it was I think Beans gave him money for one of the one or two of those movies and never made the money back. Oh so, those those uh horrible ass movies. Yes. Oh wow. Because when you said when you said Beanie Siegel's owed eleven million dollars, I'm like, how can that be possible? For what? Yeah. Yeah. That's what that, that was the number. That was the rumored number. You know. Here's another one. Method Man. Famous for cash rules everything around me, Meth faced a tax evasion charge and a four-year prison sentence. He pleaded to lesser charges and is apparently left well off financially versus his earlier days. That's good. But tax evasion? Got Mr. Meth. (laughs) Everybody. So this this is clearly what the theme seems to be because... I was thinking it was going to be, uh, you know, they're just balling out of control, which is probably part of the problem. But taxes. Yeah, you, man. You're not a bigger gangster than Uncle Sam. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Chris Rock, Chris Rock said taxes is a jack. <laughs> right. They take tax. <laughs> they take tax. You don't pay tax. They take tax. Uh. Since going to prison a few years ago, little Kim has not been able to recover from her financial troubles. In 2008, her former record label sued her for $2.5 million, banned her from making more music, and she owes seven years' worth of back taxes totaling $1 million. 
And again, this is all from the internet, but even if the figures aren't exactly correct, it's probably... We're They're probably close. in the ballpark. Yeah, we're in the ballpark. Ballpark, at least from a couple, at least from a couple, couple of years ago, which is tough, man. They got to, you know, the businesses, the business will eat you up, man. This is insane. Trick Daddy Dollars. Although the Miami native has a big heart for the kids, <laughs> Trick Daddy loves the kids. He failed to pay his taxes in 2002, 2006, 2007, and 2009 which totaled $157,000. And uh, he's been quiet as far as new music releases, and it is uncertain if he can recover from his financial problems. More taxes. Like, do you just not check? Like, before you became a rat, well, come on. every Like, you don't know you have to pay taxes? Well, I mean, I think they, they really need account. They need better accountants. So if you have a better account, because, you know, if you have money coming from all different places, you need somebody to really account for all of that. Um, yeah. And, you know, a proper business manager, a proper accountant, and a little less frivolous, you know, lifestyle might help. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Shout out to my accountant. <laughs> oh, you have an Shout accountant? Yeah, shout out to my accountant. Oh, check you out. I do. <laughs> I still do TurboTax EZ edition. <laughs> An accountant. Damn. You leaving money? You leaving money on the table, brother? <laughs> I want. <laughs> I need it. You got to have a table to leave money on or under. <laughs> Scratching and surviving. <laughs> Podcast don't pay. Oh man. Well, that's what, that's what's me. next, man. If we could learn how to shut up, maybe we could. Well, maybe we can't have these these long podcasts, and you know. I mean, get some, if there get some get some sponsors, Bevel, getbevel.com. If there was a sponsor, I would make this. I would shorten it up to about three or four minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody was like, "Here, I'll give you thirty four dollars to do this podcast," I'd cut it down to like eleven and a half minutes. <laughs> that's the next one. That's the next thing. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get some sponsors. Here's one more, one final one. Swizz Beats may have had a hit with Money in the Bank, but this didn't ring true when he avoided paying tax and was slapped with a $2.6 million bill. So they're, so this is the theme. They're just not paying their taxes. Yeah. So there you go. Not paying your taxes. Hope I hope everybody listening to this, because you're grown people, I hope you all filed your taxes. Got everything in order. Fat Joe again. This is crazy. But hip-hop. Scott Storch again. <laughs> Buying yachts. It's that uh, that Latrell Sprewell or Patrick Ewing thing about we make a lot, but we spend a lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Dame Dash. Yeah, he's in here. This is this is absolute ridiculous. So yeah, that's the moral of the story, kids. Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes, cause Uncle Sam, <laughs> Uncle Sam is hardcore. He's not he's not playing. So pay him. So with this uh, this day after Thanksgiving uh, special <laughs> edition of the <laughs> podcast, 
We had a little cranberry sauce. We had a little turkey. We had a little stuffing. We had a little macaroni and cheese. Um, and some panda, 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 panda. 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 <laughs> we heard from the the first appearance of the uh, old man Avengers. Uh, what, what was it? Ultron. <laughs> Ultron or the, the, the old hip hop Avengers. Old hip hop Avengers. Yeah. So. This this episode was a little scattered because there was a lot there were a lot of things to uh, to touch on, but there are going to be at least two episodes coming up that are going to be very laser focused on a couple of topics. In addition, one of those being 1990. What are we on? Five or four? What's coming up next? 94 in our uh, our rundown. I, I think it's four. I think it's four. 94, yeah. I think it was four. Yeah, because 93 was the uh, the warning. Yeah, 93 definitely was like, we stepped, we stepped into the abyss. Yeah. So, <clears throat> appreciate you uh, taking time away from your photo shoot to do the <laughs> podcast. And uh, we'll, uh, oh, I'll play the De La Soul unreleased track from De La Soul is Dead on the outro and uh for everybody who's listening keep listening spread the word and uh dre i'll catch you on the next one all right yes sir good to be here peace peace strong island styling for a while and while we style we'll do that dance It's the news, the news, the news, the news. But most brothers call me pop. I'm sticky like the glue. The what? The glue. Attached to the surge that pushed the watts. Dependent like the catch, the cap, the foot, the step. The child that mama gave birth. And now I hold the fan, the fame. The plug whose power to the first. My dialect is new. I'm young, a native, a tongue. I'm respected, I'll bust a cap. Yo, I don't brag or boast. I'm darker than your toast. I'm pure Afrocentric with naps. Words are thick, they thump, no time for slumps The tally up another hit Invaders of the bush behind I mush all kinds of faces showing negative fits A dread to the full, no fake I hold the brace that helps speaks flow and flow Creator of the blue, the bold, the never ever fall A top dollar kid who plays poor Simple like the cloud, the rain, the ground, the rain But you haven't even walked my aisles Check all the screams, the fuss It couldn't be hushed when daylight construct miles and miles Show them time to crush.